there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nicole and welcome back to another episode of Integrated Wellness Radio. I am here with Gina Demmer, who is our lovely indoor air quality assessor. Um, She has really taught me a lot over the past few years on really this epidemic that we're dealing with that not many people are aware of. And this is actually in reference to mold in people's homes. And don't get me wrong, there are, you know, issues with mold with food, which we're going to touch on as well. But our environment can play a very, very significant role in our health. And working with Gina has really opened my eyes to where the mold can hide, essentially, because I think many of us, we think about mold. And obviously, if we see something in our homes or, you know, at our jobs or in our car, we're usually going to take care of it. We're going to use some type of solution to get rid of it. But I think the most surprising to me was that we could be exposed to mold and have no idea because it's hiding out in areas that we we don't look in or just areas that, you know, you are not even accessible because it's behind a wall or, you know, in a duct. So I would love for Gina to just introduce herself. She has a pretty uh, amazing story for how she got into this field in the first place. So uh, so I'll let you take it from here, Gina. Great. Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate you having me here. Um, I have been in indoor air quality for the last four years. I started working uh, in indoor air quality back in 2014 while working in patients' homes. I'm a registered nurse and have been so for the last 12 years or so. In the last six years I've been working in people's homes and I take care of people with autoimmune diseases giving them IVIG therapy which is blood product therapy and I came across a young boy whose diagnosis was mold toxicity and I had never seen that diagnosis before and I was fascinated by it and thought the environment really can be playing a role in our health. And after he got better, after a four-week treatment, I started to study mold, and I actually went and worked for the doctor that had written his orders. And from there, from 2014 to now, I've really immersed myself into learning about mold and how it plays a role. And I started my indoor air quality assessing business about two years ago and since have really seen a tremendous amount of things and how mold is affecting people's health. Well, I think that before we got started um, with our podcast today, you gave me some really interesting statistics about the past two years being in the business and, you know, how much mold is a problem. So would you mind sharing those statistics? Sure. So I, I did the statistics for all of 2017. That was my full year because I started in 2000, middle of 2016. So 2017, we did 55 assessments and 36 of those assessments had mold in their home that required remediation, a significant amount of mold that required remediation. Out of the 55 homes, 16 of them had black mold, black mold that was behind a wall, 
you know, uh, under flooring, wherever. So, um, so you're looking at 80% of the homes that we went into had mold in them that needed remediation. 60% had black mold. Well, you know, and just for those of you listening, um, I'm very well educated on mold in reference to how it affects the human body. And that's actually what created the relationship between Gina and I, because I was really looking for someone to take it a step further and be able to evaluate these people's environment. Um, sometimes Gina has gone into their home. Sometimes she's actually gone into their workplace. So for those of you listening, don't you know discredit that it could be in other places that you spend time. But mold is such a mind-blowing thing. And I, I just want to... Uh, go into shortly how it actually affects the human body because for those of you listening you might be thinking well oh you know I don't have a mold problem or you know I don't see black mold in my home Gina first of all is going to tell us where it hides but some of the major things that you're going to find with how it affects the human body is actually quite an array of things you can definitely have people that are dealing with more of the upper respiratory issues or the chronic sinus issues or sinus headaches because mold is airborne and it will um, go into the respiratory system. So that's kind of one avenue that the mold can affect you. But then, especially in females, it actually can create a lot of hormonal issues. And this is everything from something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which are various cysts on the ovaries, to um, elevated testosterone, to even insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is that stubborn weight around your belly that you can't get rid of no matter what you do. Um, and then one of the other components is affecting the digestive system. And this is because it will actually start to congest and clog your liver and gallbladder. So I have actually never worked with someone who had their gallbladder removed that did not have mold exposure. So for those of you listening who've had your gallbladder removed, um, or have had consistent gallstones, you need to be checked for mold in addition to getting your environment checked. Before we go forward, Gina, I really would love for you to explain the difference between standard testing and more of the testing that you're doing. Because many people say to me, they're like, you know, I had my house checked for mold when I bought it or before I moved in and everything was fine. So I don't understand what you're talking about. So I would love for you to elaborate a little bit further on that. Sure. So when we buy a new home, we have the home inspector come in and home inspectors aren't required to be mold assessors. Some of them do carry their license for it, and some may be looking, some may not be looking. And like you said, Nicole, it hides behind walls, it hides under wood, and the home assessor is not going to necessarily be able to find that unless they have the right tools to do so. State of indoor air quality presently is a luxury for the rich and unfortunately a necessity for the really sick. And the reason for this is because it's expensive. Uh, the average price to have a home assessed properly with the proper testing is about a dollar square foot. So this makes it expensive for people. You know, if they have a 2,500 square foot home, uh, that's a big piece of change to put out. So what we're doing at Environmental Health Consultants is we're offering an affordable way to go about testing the air, and we're offering it in levels, level one, two, and three. And the levels are determined after we go through a home assessment form and determine 
what level would be best for you. And we start at a price under $500 to come in. And if we do find issues, then we go to the next level. It's sort of an a la carte menu for indoor air quality. So it makes it affordable because we need to have our homes checked yearly, just like we go to the doctor yearly because there's things that change and we need to, we need to consider that. Well, and I think that that really shows in some of the changes that you've made over the past two years with the business, because I know that um, you have actually have a technology that you're utilizing as a almost like a pre-scanning tool that uh, not many other people in the industry are using. And I think that this has been really, really helpful because, you know, you could easily go in um as a indoor air quality assessor and, you know, do variety of samples, you know, to make sure that you're covering all of the bases. But now the technology that you have called the Instascope is actually providing you with a good amount of information before you even go down the road of sampling, correct? Correct. Yes, it's, uh, it's called the Instascope and it measures the air in your entire home. Um, traditionally, when we, to go into somebody's home, say they had 10 rooms, to take 10 air samples from 10 rooms is going to be about $900 because you have to pay for every sample and the samples get sent to a third-party lab. The Instascope allows us to go into your home and measure all 10 of those rooms in real time and it's under $500 to go ahead and do that. And from there, it will tell us what's happening in your house. It'll tell us elevated if there's any elevated fungal spores, any abnormal spores that it's seen, such as black mold. And it'll tell us the dirtiest place in your house, really, in regards to dirt and dust and debris and dander and dust mites. And the most significant thing that I have found that it will tell us is if there's any gas leaks in your house. Some gas leaks you can't smell necessarily. So it will indicate to us whether or not there is some gas or off-gassing of VOCs, which would be volatile organic compounds that come from new floors or new furniture or paint or what have you. So it's pretty extensive. And there's 50 people in the country who have this machine. It's relatively expensive, so it's it's not easy for people to go about and get. We managed to um, pick up a used one so it was affordable for us and we've really found that it's really helped in making it affordable for everybody who would like a indoor air quality assessment. Okay, great. Um, so I would love for you to give the listeners a couple of tips on how they can actually know if there's mold in their home, like some of the signs. Sure, sure. Um, I think the first thing, going back to what you were saying earlier, was if you aren't feeling well, and whatever your symptoms may be, and like Dr. Nicole said, it could be a variety of symptoms, um, be conscious of how you feel when you're not home. So if you go away on vacation, if you go away for a long weekend, be conscious of how you feel when you're away, providing you're not in a moldy environment, and how you feel when you come home. And that's a big telltale sign as to something happening. Also, different times of the year when we turn the air conditioning on for the first time. A lot of people I find in my practice is that they get sick right around when the air conditioner comes on. Okay, spring allergies. Spring allergies. And basically what's happening here is the air conditioner hasn't been turned on. It's been 
turned off for six months, seven months or so. And the, the buildup of mold that is created around an air conditioner, especially if you have an air conditioner in an attic, 10 out of 10 times we go in a home and there's an air conditioner in the attic, there is some sort of mold within the system. And this is no fault of the HVAC engineers that come to service these systems yearly. They're not servicing and cleaning it, they're checking out the mechanics of the system. So there needs to be an education to the HVAC engineers as to that this is mold that's growing within the systems. and it needs to be taken care of. And when it's not, it's gonna build up. And when you turn your air conditioner on, if there's significant mold in there, you're gonna get sick. Uh, as long as it, it's in the attic. If it's in the main part of the house or the basement, it still could have mold in it, but you tend not to have such high humidity in these areas. Another way that you can tell if you have concerns in your house is to monitor your humidity levels. And on average, you want to be below 55%. So you could pick up a hygrometer at Home Depot for under $20, and you can measure all the humidity and temperature levels in all the rooms in your house and average it out. And if you're above 55%, you want to consider contacting someone to have an assessment done because this is one of the biggest reasons why there's problems in home is uh, elevated humidity. Uh, as well as HVAC systems in attics. That's also a, a big red flag for us. Yeah, I feel like one of the most common themes that I have, well, it's been my personal experience, but it's also been with many patients, is also issues with um, crawl spaces and forced hot air coming up from the crawl space. So I feel like many, you know, no, not many people are going down into their crawl space. And then if there is a source of air that's moving up into the house that can actually be carrying a lot of issues with yeah, mold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's sort of, the, it's this, they call it the stack effect mm -hmm. in, in the indoor air quality world. And anything coming from the bottom is going up and mm -hmm. ventilating out. And you don't know if you have a leak in your home. I mean, my mother, I just found out, has a crawl space and she's had a leak for the last six months coming from a copper plumbing pipe mm -hmm. underneath. And there's significant black mold now in her crawl space. And she had no idea that this was happening. Mm -hmm. And this is coming up in, into the house. And we tested the house and found this in her home. So, yeah, this is, this is common. And also, if you have a lot of homes that we're going into, especially these older homes, HVAC systems are in the crawl space. And if you have an HVAC system in the crawl space, just like if you have it in the attic, there's differentials in significant differentials in temperature. So if you have a crawl space that is really cold in the winter, if you have heat, really, you know, humid air, and then you have coldness and the, and the hot air, excuse me, is coming from the actual system being turned on to heat the house, and you have coldness at the, at the point where the heat meets the cold temperature is where it condensates and it condensates within the system and then you start to have a dust debris buildup attaches to the actual inside of the system and it gets blown through the system gets blown through the ductwork ductwork primarily is made out of metal so 
the source of somebody's mold is not coming from the ducts, even though we recommend having the ducts clean, the source of the mold is coming from extreme differentials in temperature and elevated humidity is gonna play a big factor there. Yeah, I think it's just so interesting because, you know, when you're dealing with mold, it really can be so many options, but a lot of it is playing a role in the type of systems that are pushing air through our homes. Um, and I know one of the tricks that you taught me, and I thought it was kind of ironic, was I was living in a rental and I moved and you gave, you know, you're like, give, you know, give this one tip to your patients and for them to really know if mold might be in their home. And you said if there was a ring either in the toilet or if you lifted the top of the tank and you found a ring where the water meets the sides of the tank or even the toilet, that that is sometimes a sign that there's mold in the house. And I just was staring at you blankly because living in my rental, um, I used to clean that ring and the next day it would be back. And it was actually interesting because when I really thought about it, it was a house that I felt like my uh, respiratory system wasn't great. My husband got sick a few times. My dog had a lot of ear infections in that home. So it's very interesting. You know, it wasn't the point that I was bedridden by any means, but my system definitely was not optimal. Sure. Um, it was more of this gradual onset as well, so it was almost kind of easy to, to ignore. But as I got out of that home, I realized, wow, I really didn't feel well for the year that I was there. So that's definitely something to keep in mind um, for our listeners is, you know, take a look, lift the back of the toilet, uh, look in the tank and see if you find that ring where the water meets the sides, and that can be a sign that you might need to get somebody in to, to take a look. Um, because, you know, again, the mold is not always going to be super visible. And if you are someone who's not feeling your best, and even if you just have low-level brain fog, or, you know, you feel like your memory isn't as good as it used to be, you know, these are all signs and symptoms of uh, an overabundance of mold in the body. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give you the rationale for why the mold gravitates to the toilet lid. And this is... Ooh, uh, I don't know this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is primarily in homes that have HVAC systems, forced hot air, uh, central air conditioning systems that are coming through the vents. And what happens is if there's mold somewhere in the home and the spores are going through the system the lungs of the home, really, for lack of a better word, the duct system, the mold's coming through and it's getting into the air and the mold spores attach to dust particles and then will settle. And they will also gravitate to the moistest place in the house. And if there is no active leak, they're going to gravitate to the water in the toilet bowl. So if you pick up that tank, flip it over and if you have what looks like dirt uh it's more than likely mold spores and you can clean it and then you could check it in a month and see if it comes back and you so know, if it, it comes it, back it, in it a day back. then you're in big trouble <laughs> exactly you better uh think about that that's a that's a good tip nicole um, so one of the things I wanted to ask, because I do have this question quite often and I always answer it to the best of my ability. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a home, remediation is obviously an option. 
and you know remediation can vary depending on what's found in the in the testing but what about people in condos and shared walls like is it even worth it for them to remediate like what are what are some of the um you know highlights or the feedback about people that are in that type of living environment well you have to first determine if you have mold Mm -hmm. in your home or behind your walls and when we go into homes we have different industry tools that we use to help determine if there is mold behind Mm -hmm. your walls and if it's behind a shared wall then we have to input that information into our reports so when the client or the homeowner goes to have an inspection uh, excuse me a remediation of what's happening they're going to go to their home association uh, with the report and show them and you know it, it all depends on the level of knowledge I think that the home association has of what's happening and I think mold is becoming more and more of a problem and depending on again if they believe that this could be causing an issue they're going to go ahead and take care of it you know um, unfortunately there are no standards for mold mm. and until standards are set it sometimes is a tough battle um, however I can say that if there's black mold in the house there never ever ever should be black mold in your home ever it's an indication that there's a long-term water issue happening and it may just be a small drop coming every five seconds from a pipe but going but, on but, for years but going on for a long period of time black mold doesn't show up initially in homes where there's water damage black mold shows up after there's long long-term water activity mm. happening so you know you never ever want to see uh, black mold in your yeah. homes and there's a lot of ways to also do testing on your body, let alone your home, in order to decipher if you've been exposed to these things. So um, with that being said, you know, some of the testing we do here at IWG is we also want to determine if the mold uh, that you have been exposed to came from your environment or it came from food. Um, you'd be actually very surprised on how many foods that we eat um, in the wheat in the gluten, in the grain, as well as nut world that are very, very high in mold. But, you know, we didn't go too much into detail, but, you know, Gina has mentioned the black mold, and all of these molds have different names. Stachybotrys is what we technically call black mold, but there's Aspergillus penicillium, which is actually how they make penicillin and amoxicillin and ampicillin. So for those of you listening that have a known allergy to any of those antibiotics, you need to also know that that means you have more than likely been exposed to toxic mold at some point in your life. Mm. So these there's so many different types of molds, and they all affect the body a little bit differently, but I think it's safe to say that the black mold really hits the body's immune system quite hard, and uh, it usually creates a lot of long-term you know, issues. Sure. So my question, Gina, is when you're finding mold in someone's home, and I know everything varies quite a bit, but is there always a remediation or are there specific things that people can do, like getting rid of the drywall that's been damaged or getting rid of furniture that was in the area where the mold Mm -hmm. was like what are some of those things because i also know that many people clean mold if they find it 
with bleach, which causes actually more problems. Mm -hmm. So I would just love for you to speak to maybe like the top two or three things that people really should know um, that they might be able to consider regardless of a remediation happens or sure. not. So if there is mold and the occupants know that there's mold in the house and they're not able to afford a big remediation that may be needed, some of the steps that you can do is you want to, anything porous, such as carpet, such as furniture that's not leather, uh, you want to either get rid of it or you want to buy a HEPA vacuum cleaner. And the HEPA vacuum, a closed system HEPA vacuum cleaner, and we make recommendations for our clients as to the best ones out there. You want to buy a HEPA vacuum cleaner and just vacuum anything porous. Uh, this will help pick up the small spores that are living there in the dust. Um, also, if, there, if you have children and they have a lot of content in their room, such as stuffed animals, my suggestion is to hopefully get rid of the stuffed animals if the children will allow you to. Otherwise, I would wash them. And what you can do, you can wash them in two different things. You can wash them in a warm water, mild detergent with some borax, which you can buy at ShopRite. Or you can wash it in warm water, mild detergent, and an eighth of a cup of clear white ammonia. And what I do, I have it in my laundry room at all times I have a box of borax and ammonia and every day I wash everything in my home not that my home has mold but it's a good practice to get into so I would suggest that and also like I said mold comes out of vents it attaches to dust and it settles so anything that you're dusting wiping down you want to wipe down with an ammonia solution and this solution would be um, you would do one gallon of distilled water to a fourth of a cup of ammonia and just put the ammonia in the gallon jug you know empty it out a bit put the ammonia in there and keep that and put it on a rag and wipe down all your surfaces with that that will help get rid of um, get rid of some of the spores and also if you have floors you can mop your floors with this ammonia solution. So do not use bleach, please. Oh, and don't use no, don't use bleach. The only way, the only place you could use bleach would be under that toilet lid, because that's a non-por that's a non-porous. It's porcelain. It's non-porous. So the mold isn't growing once it gets there. It's just going there and residing there. It's not. It's not growing. You can clean that. Anything non-porous, you can clean with bleach if you want, but you're better off with ammonia. Um, you just can't use bleach on sheetrock. It may get rid of it initially, but it will grow back tenfold afterwards. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how resilient some of these sure. organisms can be. So before we just finish up and we give some people, you know, some great next steps if they are really resonating with this talk is, I know that remediation can be all over the map from a price perspective. And um, obviously we know that part of it is the size of the job, but I think something important you said to me was, you know, the same way that if you get diagnosed with something, you really should always go for a second opinion um, because obviously the evaluation can vary, the price can vary. So if you just wanna to speak to, you know, what are some things that people really need to know in the event 
that they're not working with you and they are working with someone else in the field um, and their remediation quote comes to them, you know, what are some of the things that they should be aware of? Sure. So if you have a significant mold issue in your home and, you know, it's coming from the basement or the attic um, and you get a quote for anywhere above 15, 20,000 to 30,000, I've even seen 80,000, you need to have a second opinion. That's what I'm going to say. You need to have a second opinion. You know, uh, a lot of people are alarmist in this field and we aren't alarmist. You know, if there's mold, there's mold. You've been living there. Yes, maybe you have some issues. Maybe you have some health concerns, but you don't need to move out of your house, get rid of every, you know, get rid of everything and spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. I've come across many people in the field who have and I think that um, there maybe are some individual cases where you'll find that the whole house has to be redone, but a few and far between. So if you do get a remediation price above fifteen, twenty thousand, I would uh, call another assessor or another remediator for a second opinion and ask you know ask them to to come and check it out. On average, it's anywhere from three to eight thousand dollars just depending on what, you know, what the issue is. Well, and I think it's really important with what you said as, you know, sometimes people in this industry being alarmist because um, I do find that many people that I work with when I'm working with them and their health is they may have sought our practice out at Integrative Wellness Group because we are knowledgeable on mold. And they usually come in, you know, saying, what do I need to do to get rid of the mold in my body? And it's always the focus on the mold, the mold, the mold. And it's very, very rare that you're going to have maybe this overabundance of mold and have nothing else going on. Because the nature of the body is that mold, um, the toxins given off by mold and other types of toxins like heavy metals, so people that have a lot of fillings in their teeth or they eat a lot of fish or they use antiperspirant with aluminum in it, those are things that will tend to bind up with each other. And then in addition, you also have to make sure that the body has the capabilities to detox. You have to make sure this person has a properly functioning gastrointestinal system. You have to make sure that they also have properly functioning kidneys. So when you're dealing with mold, um, don't live in this place that you're focused on, I have to detox the mold, the mold, the mold. I have to make sure that my house is immaculate and that if you do that, then everything else is gonna be fine. Because then when it's not fine, then you go to a place of kind of like a meltdown of being like, oh my gosh, like I can't do anything better. I've spent all this money and I'm still not, you know, feeling 100%. Just we're all going to be exposed to mold to some capacity through our lives. And it's not always going to make you ill. It's usually when there's this conglomeration of things that you have this very toxic mold, like the black mold that Gina's talking about. And then maybe in addition, you have, you know, heavy metals or you have other things going on in the body and it's all now just feeding off of each other and it's creating this major, major stress to the immune system. So it's just making sure that you're working with the proper physician, but also working with the proper indoor quality inspector to just look at the big picture and also make sure that you're not, you know, spending dollars in places that is, is not necessary. 
So with that being said, I would love to give some next steps for those of you that are now horrified by this podcast <laughs> that are thinking like, oh my God, I'm in mold. <laughs> I have uh, one, uh, well, a few good things to say, but uh, I have to say that if the source is coming from your home and you take care of that source, you 100% are going to feel better. Feel better. Mm-hmm. Maybe not everything because maybe not everything's mold related, but whatever symptoms you're having in your home, after you remove the source, you're going to feel better. I can guarantee you that. I've seen it, you know, dozens and dozens of times. And if you're looking out there for an inspector and you're looking you don't have to be licensed or certified to be an indoor air quality assessor. So make sure whoever you're dealing with has some sort of certification. If they're licensed, that's great. And um, also remediators are considered inspectors. So a remediator may give you a price of $150 or $200. They'll include a couple samples and they'll come in and they'll take a few samples. Uh, and the reason they're able to charge you less is because they are hoping to get the remediation project out of it. And that's always a way to go if you can't really afford anything, you know, to have somebody like that come in. But make sure whoever you're dealing with is qualified. Go to Angie's List. Uh, you know, they do a good job over there of rating people. And, you know, just have a look around. So for those of you that are in the tri-state area that are looking to have your home evaluated, why don't you um, let them know where they can find you, Gina? Sure. Um, You can find me on the phone, which is really the best way to get me. I am a Generation X, so the the mold, excuse me, the internet world is uh, a little challenging. So you can contact me at 732-456-6119. That's 732-456-6119. Or you can email me at nursegina at ehconsults.com. That's short for Environmental Health Consultants. It's ehconsults.com, and that's also my website. Perfect. So yeah, I, I know for my age group, we love the internet, so they can you can find all of that information there. So um, for those of you that are, you know, really thinking that there might be an issue going on um, in your home, also consider your workplace as well. Um, you can utilize, you know, Gina's services in order to get that checked out. And for those of you that are maybe just wondering if mold toxicity has happened at some point in your life and you're looking to have your body evaluated, you know, check us out at integrativewellnessgroup.com. We do pretty comprehensive testing in order to decipher, you know, if you've had an issue with mold at some point, we can determine if it's happening now or if it has happened in the past. And we can also decipher if the mold has come from food versus um, environment as well. So it's always really helpful to get that clarity on you know what's going on with your home, what's going on with your body. So definitely check us out at integrativewellnessgroup.com as well as ehcconsults.com. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>